Koke, a podcast for all generations. Koke means openly. It means to be open. And here at Koke, we like to encourage everyone to suno kolke, bolo kolke, and socho kolke. My name is Harpo. I'm Nimrit. I'm Simran. And today we're joined by a very special guest, Gurjo Kang. Say hello. Hi, guys. So this is episode nine, and episode nine is about families. You can't live with them, and you can't live without them. And the reason Gurjo is here as a special guest today is, for those of you who don't know yet, I mean, how can you not know this yet, first of all? Gurjot is Gurjipu. She's my Pua's daughter. I am her little sister. Gurjot, how are you feeling about being on Koke today? I'm so excited. I'm so happy you guys asked me to be on the podcast. A little nervous, because y'all are so great at it by now, um, but... I'm happy to be here with Auntie and Sim and Harpo, all my favorites in one room. So, and Simran on video screen. <laughs> Love you. Yeah, so a lot of things have changed <laughs> since we've been doing these podcast episodes. And again, we're super excited to have Gurjo in on this episode. And we're talking about families. And families are really interesting spaces or places for all of us. Um, like I said in our title, that you can't live without your family. And sometimes you can't really live with your family either. Mm -hmm. So families are such a contested terrain, I feel, because sometimes families can be super supportive and they can be a safe space for you. But other times, uh, sometimes people don't really have the best experiences with families. And I'm sure, you know, us four of us here, we probably have vastly different experiences with our families. And I think the whole reason that we wanted to kind of have this conversation be a specific podcast was because, you know, Koke can be um, a kind of um, a guide or a, a, like kind of like a, a way to direct you towards either understanding your family, questioning your family, or learning how to better navigate your family. So let's get right into it. Um, the first thing that I want to do is kind of pose this question for all of us to explore. What is it about being in a family that works for you? What do you like about families or your family or family in general I think it's for me it's like one of the most important things in my life um whoa I'm gonna cry no I'm not <laughs> <laughs> probably just because I'm like a million miles away right now but oh. like I love my family I think even when we have problems I still love us um and I think and we can talk about this too, that like sometimes you have a chosen family or you have like your actual family and then maybe there's just like a smaller circle within there that like is your like hardcore group. And also that like some of my friends are like my family too now. Like it's just like, like you know, Bridget sitting right there. I love you. Um, Come back. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of things work for me. And it's a support system. It's, it's just, I don't, yeah, I don't know what I would do without them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have really kind do. of the same feelings about that. Like for me, it's like, there's so many things that I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are so annoying. And like, you're like this and you're like that. Yeah. And then they leave for a weekend to like go to Kelowna. And the second day I'm like, okay, when are you guys coming back? Like, I'm lonely. Yeah. I, I miss you guys. Like, they, like one person leaves and I'm like, it just feels so empty without them. And I feel like for me, I'm just so used to having so many people around me all the time. And I agree with what you said, like even in a family, you have like one or two people that you like really 
um, connect to more and for mm-hmm. they're like your people you go to them when you're having issues or whatever and I have that as well I have a huge family like Harpo we we have such a big family mm-hmm. and uh, there's so many people and so for me I'm always like oh there's somebody like if if I need something yeah. there's someone that I can call and again with the chosen family like you know our friends and then friends moms like auntie's like my family now to me too and so mm-hmm. I I really like this notion of having people that you can just like fall back on mm-hmm. and I like mm-hmm. that support mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. how about you there was a few things that the two of you said that I honestly was like okay I'm gonna write this down the first thing that sim said is you know like the importance and the significance of family once you like leave your family I felt that way uh when I was in Montreal like there was all these things that I used to avoid about my family when I was still living here because they felt Mm -hmm. like such a either a chore or like a burden on me and then as soon as I moved away those were the things that I missed Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. started to actually understand and realize that I really need to make my family a priority so the one thing that works for me in terms of family is just again like how big it is like Mm -hmm. Joe mentioned we have a huge family like between like you know on our side where the side where Gajot and I are from like we have so many aunts and uncles yeah. and I think what really works for me as a family is that I don't just have like one father and one mother figure in my life I have multiples yes and the best thing about having so many family members is that you literally never run out of people who are like gonna be there for you yeah <laughs> you know like oh this person's busy okay I'm gonna call the other yeah. one and like you know even, in a good and bad way though because yeah. then there's so many opinions too and they're like oh like you yeah. know telling you how to like go about things but yeah the yeah. positive always the yeah negative. <laughs> that's that that's definitely the biggest thing and I mean we'll get into that whole idea of like you know chosen family in a little bit but I think that's like the best thing about family for me what about mm-hmm. you Andy mm-hmm. so my family uh, you know as you're talking about I'm realizing I'm choosing to have my family be very small my nuclear family so um it's obviously my two kids um, Sim and Shub. And uh, my parents moved here from Kenya and they lived with me for 10 years. And my mom's in a long term care facility. But it's amazing how much, even though she's there at UBC, her presence is felt in the house. And my dad mm-hmm. lives with, with me. And it's amazing how much I still feel, even though I'm 52 and a grown woman, I still feel like I have, like, you know, an elder's hand on my head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that safety that my dad's here. And actually, I look after him now. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he's losing his eyesight mm-hmm. and his hearing. Mm-hmm. But it still feels like I have an elder's hand on my head. And mm-hmm. I cannot tell mm-hmm. you how much stability, how much safety that gives me. Mm-hmm. I can go out and travel and do all these things in the world. But I have, like, this safe place to come home yeah. to. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Totally. No, I 100% agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a key word that you just said. Mm-hmm. And it was the word safe space. Yeah. I think, like... That comes up a lot when you're talking about families, safe space. But I mean, I completely acknowledge that family isn't necessarily a safe space for everybody all the time. Yeah. And so why don't we like kind of dabble through that a little bit? You know, first of all, okay, what is a safe space? Does anyone have like a definition of a safe space? What do we think safe spaces are for us? Uh, For me, it's a place where I feel I can just be me. I don't have to pretend. Mm -hmm. I don't have to hold back tears or hold back laughter. Mm-hmm. I can just be 100% myself. It's like let loose, you know, walk around yeah. and be 100% comfortable. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't have to keep secrets. You don't have to be afraid of judgment. And I think the judgment one is the trickiest one because you can be open and be like, I don't have to keep secrets and stuff and like some things. But then even the smallest little things of that you might think you want to do one way or whatever, like 
the fear of judgment is like a huge thing I think that can hold people back from mm-hmm. yeah. being able to feel like their home is a safe space. Yeah. I think home and like people as well. Like there's there's people that make you feel safe. Mm-hmm. Like your home is yeah. obviously a place where you feel safe. But I think for me, um, like my parents, especially uh, my siblings and then some of my close friends and family members, uh, cousins, uh, there's different levels, I think. Like there's there's always a sense of like, even okay this is funny and I know Harper we used to do this as kids when we would go on vacation and because we live in Surrey and there's so many Indian people we're so used to it right it feels like home when we would go on vacation we would look for the brown people, brown people. <laughs> we'd be like because you feel this kinship and you feel like yeah. this like oh I feel good like they're, my people are here and so to me like it's sometimes I remember like even driving back from Vancouver as soon as I hit Scott Road I'm like oh I'm home Scott like, Road in 72 Scott is Road in 72 like I just I remember I have these feelings of like coming back from a trip and like hitting that and I'm like oh my god like mm-hmm. I'm finally home and so yeah it's it's not even like people or like your home there's so many different places that mm-hmm. like evoke that safe space for me that's yeah. so funny because I feel I'm home every time uh I walk outside of the Vancouver airport the doors yeah. open and the fresh air hits yeah. you yeah. and you see the green and you're like yeah. oh, home. that waterfall totally. down the escalators yeah. totally like, yes. I mean I'll be very candid in saying that sometimes like I teeter between my family and my home being a safe space versus not being a safe space because I think inevitably like I've learned this more now in the last year with moving away and also like you know addressing some of my own mental health concerns that um like I'm very much a byproduct of my family and who I am. And there's positives and there's negatives. So like positive would be the fact that I've lived with my grandparents. My Punjabi is impeccable. Mm-hmm. Like literally I get compliments all the time, right? Yeah. Good joke and relate. Yeah. We're nodding our heads. We've lived with our grandparents all our lives. Yeah. Um, but then there's also negatives where like you start to perhaps pick up on some of the problematic behaviors or the toxic behaviors of your parents, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you don't realize that like, sometimes I catch myself doing things and I'm like, wow, why did I just do that? I literally just did what my dad does or my mom does. So I think, you know, that's something that doesn't work for me sometimes work living in a family. And like, again, going back to just how big our family is mm-hmm. living in extended family. Sometimes it's really hard to please every single person. Oh yeah. You can't ever, oh, sure. you're never going to be able to please everyone. No. You how can't. do you, how do you guys navigate that? So me, for me, that's fascinating mm-hmm. that you live in an extended family because I'm just like so not used to it. Yeah. How do you, how do you like navigate that? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. I don't even know how to so answer crazy. that. Um, yeah, I don't, I just, I've come to this place where I just have acceptance of I can't make you happy. I can only make myself happy. And at the end of the day, like my parents to a certain extent where I'm like, are you content with me? Because I'm your child and I want you to be happy with me. Um, so that's kind of where... Uh, I, I like draw the line after that yes if I can make everyone else happy I try my best too but it's not my priority to be like oh I'm not gonna do this for myself because someone else is gonna think that it's not right mm-hmm. just because they don't want that for their child or you know what whatever the case may be so for me it's and it's taken a really long time I'm 25 now and I've just come to this realization of yeah you can't please everyone and it, it really takes a while to resonate inside mm-hmm. of you but I mean, but it's not your job to please everyone. Your job is to be you. Yeah, but it's hard. It's easier to say. Yeah, so easy to say. Yeah, it's so hard to actually do. I'm a people pleasing firstborn by yeah. nature. Yeah, you are. Sim says that in every single yeah. podcast episode. She but, loves. But we that. all are. We're all tattooed it on your tattooed it on your back. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> people pleasing firstborn. The only thing that I want to say to that question is that um, 
it is very difficult, but I feel blessed because honestly, all my, like for me, I was an only child up until I was eight years old. So all my cousins were my siblings. All my cousins were my best friends. I literally didn't even stay at home. You know, I mean, there was positive and negatives to that, but I like literally like, I felt like I was at home anytime I went to like my Bula's house or anything. So it was great in that Mm -hmm. sense. But the other thing I want to say is, Auntie, you know, I know you have how many sisters? Six. Six sisters. So, I mean, that to me is a huge family. That's yeah. a huge family. Yeah. So, 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 my nuclear family is very huge. <laughs> what it can is. I do? Um, and, you know, and, and, and now that we're talking about it, when I was young, I did live in the extended family. It was mm-hmm. my parents and my sisters, my um, dad's two brothers and their families. That's so, that huge. was a lot of people. And my grandma. That's huge. Whoa. That was huge. Yeah. I don't have such happy memories of that time, mm-hmm. though. You know, as kids, I don't know how you guys grew up. We used to be just constantly fighting each other. Oh, I want the ball. I want the mm-hmm. ball. I want the, the toy. And um, it was fun to have so many people to play with. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. We fought I a lot as well. Personalities too. Like I grew up with my cha-cha guys living with us too. So I had my cousins there for years. And I remember Harpo saying this to me once. And she's like, I like coming to your house. But then I like going home because your house is too chaotic. It's too chaotic. And I never understood that. I was like, no, it's not. It's great. It's so fun. Yeah. And like, we used to have this like weird tiff because everyone else had siblings or or people that like we had kids that we were constantly around. And she had this this place where she she went back and it was quiet. And it was just her and her parents and our BB and Papa. And, and you know, she was the one kid and they kind of doted on her a little bit. And so... I like I didn't understand that then, but I totally understand it now. Yes, it was very chaotic. Looking, thinking mm-hmm. back to it, it was crazy. But I would do it in a heartbeat again. And what I'm hearing from you guys is that you actually had to find your way to navigate. Like you said, yeah. you're just yeah. now you're realizing I can't make everyone happy. Yeah. But when you were growing up, it must have had an impact on you. Yeah. Who who can I talk to honestly? Yeah. Who do I have to keep secrets from? Because really, they don't understand. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. The one thing that um, I'm thinking about right now is it was interesting because everyone has asked me like, oh, how does it feel now that you're back from Montreal? Like I'm here for the whole summer now. And I was so happy and excited to come back. And I still am. I love Surrey. I love being around. Like I love being in the hood. You know, I love it. (laughs) I love being able to see all my friends and family. But I have a friend who is also like from Vancouver, but like living in Montreal. And I, I visited her this week, actually. Her name is Adi. Adi, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. But she she posted something on Instagram and the caption was, now that I'm home, I'm realizing that my my body is not my not my own vessel anymore or something like that, she said. Like, my body is not mine anymore, you know? Like, no, something like constantly realizing now that I'm home that this vessel is not mine anymore or something. And I feel like I, I realized that, like being in a such a large family or just being in a family in general sometimes you have so many obligations and responsibility to your family that I feel like my time is not my time and my body is not my body not Mm -hmm. like because someone is like has taken my arm off of my body and taken it with them but because every day I like wake up at 8 30 and I I hit the ground running and I don't rest until like maybe 10 o'clock at night Mm -hmm. so I'm exhausted by the end of the day because I've had to do tasks for my my family and my for my my you know my my brother is younger than you, my siblings siblings. or whatever. And then I need to squeeze in my own social life and my own mental health and all that kind of stuff in there. But I feel like my life and my, my schedule as a person living in such a, a tight knit family is not my own. I have to, Mm -hmm. I have to work my schedule around everybody else's. Yeah. That can be hard. Yeah. Um, I can't fathom it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I really like my autonomy Mm -hmm. is a huge value of mine. Mom, I think even we've, 
had to do that too. Like when things come up, like we've been so crazy trying to navigate so many things as well, but I don't know. I don't know how we do it. It was only crazy when there were the two weddings going on, but apart from that, it's pretty, we're pretty autonomous. Even not even the weddings, but like in the time when like stuff is crazy, it like seems like for me, I feel like I'm so overwhelmed. And this is just another thing that I'm learning about myself is when it's so busy, I feel so overwhelmed. But when it's not busy, I feel really bored Mm -hmm. and I hate it. Whether it's like work or it's my social life or it's like family stuff. Like I like being that crazy busy. But then I'll also complain about it. So I don't, I don't know where the line stops with me. There's a happy medium that is really, really hard to find. Mm-hmm. Like, even yeah. when you're constantly trying. Like, go on. Sorry. Go ahead. It's okay. <laughs> I think what happens is because you're doing it for other people, because it, okay, so doing things for other people makes me happy, right? Mm-hmm. Doing things for other people, being there for them, supporting them, and, and helping them through things makes me happy. But then what at what point does that turn into... Um, like, I I don't want to say that I need like recognition for it, but I just mean like when you start feeling like you're being taken advantage of is when it gets tricky. I feel that. That's what I think is when it gets tricky for me. Why do you feel that as well? And how do you, how do you, how do you say that? How do you say that to somebody? Like how, you know what I mean? Like somebody that you love and you care about and you're doing this because you care about them. But then is that me making it about me? Mm -hmm. Like, where do you draw the line of like I need to where do you put the boundary of I need to look after myself but I also want to help you yeah so I have something (laughs) to say about that um this is really pretty fascinating so what happens is in families we all take different roles Mm -hmm. like you know I might be the one who who's the fun one and then there's the one who's the pleasing one and what happens is you get role fatigue Mm. it's like how come I'm always the one who has to how come I'm always the one who's holding this and so it's not like you want to stop it forever. You just have fatigue. It's mm-hmm. like someone else yeah. do this. Yeah. So I can yeah. do something different and then I can yeah. come back. I, I feel lost. So I, really, I have a really <laughs> funny story about that. Okay. So um, me, Sim, and Grijo have like a, a group chat on Instagram. And so yesterday there was a post of, um, you know, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry just had a baby. And um, it said, welcome baby Sussex. Uh, the, du- the Dutch and Duchess of Sussex, like this is their baby. And I like took it and I was like, wow, idiots. They named their kid after like what they're in charge of. Cause I thought their, their baby's name was Sussex. And I was like, okay, they just like named their baby what they're in charge of. And if like, if that's the case, then my name should be Household Peace. Because that's what I'm in charge of. Yeah, household I was so confused when I woke up and I read that. I was like, what is she but, talking okay, about? Obviously, I'm an idiot sandwich. I realized afterwards they named their kids something else. But but in that moment, I realized, like, I feel like my role in my house is household feet. That's yeah. what you do, you see. And you get role fatigue. But you see, now you know the concept. You can tell your parents that. Oh, and you, yeah, oh, probably, yeah, you know, and you tell them, hang on a minute, someone else do this. Yeah. Dad, how about you be the one doing this this evening? Because I want to yeah. just, you know, be the one creating the fights. Yeah. yeah. Or solving them, actually. Yeah, but it was really interesting what Sim said. You you said a key word that I feel like I was going to bring up inevitably anyway was boundaries. And, mm-hmm. like, how do you have boundaries when you love the person, but then it can, like... I mean, yeah, they're your family, but, like, sometimes it's, like, kind of toxic. And I've actually just, like, pulled up this, like, really yeah. funny Snoop Dogg meme that I had screenshot a long time ago in anticipation for this episode. 
And it says, someone, <laughs> family is the most important part of life. Blood is thicker than water. Stay loyal to your loved ones. And it's like, mm, okay, well, not everyone's family is good and or supportive. And sometimes they can be stressful and deteriorate your mental health. So if you need to isolate yourself, that's okay. And I think that in our community and in our culture, that mm-hmm. isolation and the, you know, the word isolation, the word boundaries is like, off limits like we're not allowed to do that in our culture and in our families so I mean let's try to unpack that why do you think that is I don't know one thing I've realized and seen I think a little bit is with Indian families brown families either they're really close and like they have really good relationships or they just like don't talk to each other Mm -hmm. and it's like that relationship is just not there so it's like they have one conflict or they have like a series of conflicts that happen and then the families just stop talking the kids just stop talking and it's like you don't but you still like show face for like weddings and stuff but you don't actually have any sort of relationship so I've always been really curious about that like how do you go from like being siblings and then never talking to your sibling again like what like like because the work like doing the work or talking about the issue like I feel like everyone's egos is just like way up here oh totally yeah to like come back down and be like okay how do we solve this problem it's just like no you're wrong I'm right and now we're gonna talk again I've had had that bad that situation in my life before and it just doesn't make any sense to me mm-hmm. yeah. i think so we're not skillful yeah i think so we're not skillful in uh being able to listen to each other maybe i'm hearing from you guys are setting those boundaries are feeling that we can set those boundaries yeah mm-hmm. and or, like i think like thing that i had trouble with in my experience is having the other person understand what a boundary is and I know we've done a whole podcast episode about about boundaries but it's such a hard thing sometimes for people to grasp that it's oh like maybe this this part of it is off limits but like we can still have a constructive relationship you know what I mean like I feel like there's no in between that's the thing that's missing because it's going from one extreme to the other yeah either you're like barely talking kind of have a, like a whatever relationship or you're like best friends and then yeah. it's so it's easy to go from like that like oh we're like kind of like good to like being really close but then it's so hard to come back from that and still like be able to be like okay we can still have our relationship we still have our relationship yeah. it's just it might not be what it was but like it's still okay that's where I think yeah. that separation happens and it's just like okay no now we're not going to talk anymore well like also yeah, recognizing like that... that sometimes you just need that space like very yeah. honestly you know mm-hmm. a couple of years ago or three years ago I um stopped talking to my mom's brother um I just something happened in the family and I was like you know what I don't really find myself aligning with this person's values and I just like avoided him mm-hmm. I didn't talk to him um and I very honestly talked to him for the first time first time last night. Um, he, my mom was just talking to him on the phone, and so I said, "Oh, who is it?" And she said, "It's him." And in that moment, like it was very, it was very impulsive and it was very short. But I thought to myself, "I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I've let it go. I'm in a different place in my life now." He's been trying for months, and I haven't been ready for it. But now I'm ready for it. So I took the phone. We we didn't talk about what what happened, but. I was very nice. I, you know, I talked mm-hmm. to him. I, we brought up something about what we used to talk about when we were kids. Uh, when I was a kid, he was not a kid. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> my uncle's only uh, six months older than me. Um, but then, um, you know, at the end I said, okay, it was really nice talking to you. Bye. I love you is what I said. And I gave my mom the phone back and I swear to you, he cried to my mom right when I gave Aww. the phone back. He started crying and he's like, 
but we didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about what had happened. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I ever mm-hmm. want to. Mm-hmm. Part of me wishes we could and I could say, hey, I'm really sorry for what happened because I had my own part in whatever happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized where I was wrong. But I think that that's the thing about family is that, you know, even me and Grijo fight all the freaking oh, time yeah. like cats and dogs. But then still, four days later, it's a text message like, yo, it's sunny outside. You want to go to the beach? And we don't even talk about it. Mm -hmm. But you can do that in family. Yeah. Blood is thicker than water. Yeah. Yeah. There is. Yeah. And like, you know, parents Mm -hmm. say like, oh, they they say that blood is thicker than water. And you're like, no, that's not true. But Mm -hmm. then I don't know. Like, there's always that. And maybe it's because you've had these connections for so long. So it could just be like with friends that I've had connections with since I was younger. I have this too. So it's not necessarily blood. But it's like no matter what happens at the at the surface level, deep down I'm like, no, but I still love this person. I care right. about them. I still want this relationship. Mm-hmm. So like that part of wanting to like fix the relationship is so important. Like you don't want to just go back and like have a relationship, but then it still be all the same stuff happening mm-hmm. over again. Yeah. You want to go back and be like, okay, how can we make this better? How can we get to that place of of not yeah. repeating those uh, behaviors and and not constantly being in this pit? Because you don't want to constantly be fighting. Like, yeah, I love Harper. We're we're gonna fight inevitably. It's gonna happen. But I don't want it to be like deep rooted issues that were mm-hmm. constantly being replicated. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, like how do you remove the toxic parts but still keep the good parts right. and you both have to acknowledge that there's yeah. toxic parts you cannot just say that the onus is on one person or the other yeah and you both have to acknowledge your own part in it that's what you yes. said Harpo you acknowledge yeah. your part in mm-hmm. it 100% and then you have to be able to listen to the other person mm-hmm. and I think it's, it's so hard yeah about. it's so hard yeah. because you, you know if you're carrying your own yeah. part it's very hard to listen to the person because you're carrying your own part mm-hmm. yeah Right. And I think this is exactly why it's so hard then to come back. And I think that um, it comes from like, like there needs to be a lot of maturity involved. Right. So, I mean, just very like honestly and candidly, Gurjo and I haven't had the best year in terms of our relationship either. But we're both sitting here today right now next to each other. And we still have like immense love for one another because Mm -hmm. we chose, we decided that one day we're going to sit down, we're going to cut the bullshit and we're going to really put everything on the table and we're gonna we're there was two ways that that conversation could have ended that day it could have been okay you know what we used to have a very nice relationship in the past let's honor that relationship and let's go our separate ways in terms of like you know like obviously we're family yeah. but so we're, we can't like cut each other yeah. but or we can say that you know what Things haven't been working the way that they've been going. So we really love each other and we want to continue loving each other, but in mm-hmm. a in a more balanced, mature way that's yes. more reflective of who we are today. Yeah. And I think that mm-hmm. sometimes, like I know we've talked a lot about like courage and boundaries. And I think that it's it deserves this emphasis that sometimes that is so difficult to do in the most intimate and close relationships. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. It's hard, mm-hmm. but doing so and taking that first step and just like also trusting like mm-hmm. I had to really trust Gojo and how much love she has for me to be like hey Benj I call her Benji <laughs> she's only two years older than me I don't know who started that but I, I had to say like hey Benj like I love you and I trust you enough that I can tell you that this is how you make me feel when you treat me this way yeah. and to know that it was it's going to be okay after you know yeah and yeah. I, I think like for both of us like we both came there with the same notion like me and her both had the same idea like this conversation can go in two ways and I remember I was the one that said it I was like yeah this can either end this way or it can end this way and right away Harpo's like no we're gonna work on this we're gonna fix this <laughs> it's not ending that way I'm like okay good I don't want yeah. it to end that way but I've also come to this realization that it might have to end that way and like that might have to be the way that we go about having a mature relationship because 
I just, and that's what I'm saying also, like, it's it's coming as a person coming to this point of, like, just accepting what is and then fully acknowledging you, where you are and then taking 50% ownership. Regardless of what happens, I find that no matter what kind, like, what's happened in the past, anything that has gone down, I always go in there and I'm always like, okay, I'll take 50, I'll take my 50% of the blame and you take yours and let's acknowledge it and let's show that we both take that blame and then let's move forward mm-hmm. yeah and it's not mm-hmm. just the moving forward it's like i think getting really curious about what triggers each person you know what has you um react that way because mm-hmm. usually mm-hmm. you know it's your loved ones it's your most close ones mm-hmm. that you actually like i mean they, they say this all the time i can't remember the the correct quote but you're the meanest to the people you love the most yeah, yeah. because you actually know that that you they've got you 100 yeah. percent, mm-hmm. which yeah. is nice you know yeah. to be that mean but it's like you can really be yourself mm-hmm. yeah yeah and mm-hmm. that person's gonna look at all your light and all your shadow as well and mm-hmm. be okay with you mm-hmm. and you can only do that i feel like it, whether it's like your like your blood family or it's your chosen family people who you put in that family category mm-hmm. right trust mm-hmm. so that you can be vulnerable you can have the courage to really share deep down mm-hmm. um yeah so you know all these things that we're talking about whether that's you know your family being like a safe space not being a safe space um whether it is a safe space or not a safe space the the difference between i guess like it being a safe space and not being a safe space i said that word like six times just now please <laughs> bear with me i'm gonna get to my point i promise but the difference and the ability to make that change lies within us, right? Mm-hmm. The the ability to make any sort of change in our lives always comes from within us. And we've talked about that a little bit in terms of like a lot of the content we've put out that, you know, we are the pilots of our own lives. We can take mm-hmm. it into any direction we want. Oh my God, is that a Sweet Life of Zack and Cody? Yeah, it is. Oh. Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. You're the only person that ever realized that. You are the pilot of yeah, your own I life. love that episode. Anyway, I'm getting to my point. <laughs> so what are the things that you can do about it? You know, what are some things that perhaps... You know, I mean, I'm posing this question to everybody that's listening, but maybe we can go around and say, like, kind of going back to what we've already talked about, but what doesn't work for us and our families, what are some things that we can do to make that change so that it does work for us? And even if it doesn't work for us, what can we do to just, like, accept it and and just be that way? I mean, I can go first. And the biggest thing is it kind of goes back to what Gajot said. I had a conversation with a friend, and, you know, sometimes, like, it's hard to... When the people in your close that are closest in your life to you don't understand you or they don't want to understand you, like for me, a lot of people don't understand in my family why I pursued the degree that I pursued, why I even moved to Montreal, or why I have six tattoos on my body. And I think the biggest thing is I can't change those views because mm-hmm. these people are 50 plus and they're not going to change. I'm 50 plus. <laughs> yeah, but like you're a cool 50 plus. <laughs> like you're not even in that category. We're not even going to put you there. But what I can do is, you know, when it goes in through my right ear, I can either like, it's like a little factory, right? It goes yeah. in through my right ear. I can like get really angry and pissed off and say something back. Or I can just like let it flow right through and go out the left ear. So that's what I'm choosing to do. I'm going to yeah. have it put in one through ear and I'm going to nod my head and say, yeah, you're right. I am a dumbass. And then take it out the left and then go <laughs> on with my life. Yeah. Well, yes. see, that's what it is. Like when I say you come to that point where you're like, I can't make you happy. Like, I bet you in the beginning you were like really angry and you were like, oh, and like you would like contest and fight. And then afterwards, you were just like, I don't care what these people say. Like, it's my life. Like, at the end of the day, yeah, you want everyone to, like, love you and you love them and whatnot. We want to be all rainbows and unicorns. But that's not the reality and it's not going to happen. So so what's your change then? To, like, how to, like, deal with all of it? Yeah, to deal with what doesn't work for you about families. 
Um, I think just that is just realizing that I can't make everyone happy. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that I like physically do. It's just something that like I mentally came to. Mm-hmm. And that that's after a lot of work on myself and like assessing different relationships like yours and mine like mm-hmm. you know assessing that relationship and other ones that I've had and there's repetitive behavior in every relationship and yeah. and you have to get to a point where you like you talk to the person and you say this isn't working and if they're willing to work on that with you then you can get past it and if they're not then you just have to acknowledge that that's what it is and so even for me someone I'm someone who likes to keep like good like relations with everyone I don't like having negativity there even if like someone's done me wrong or I've done them wrong I try to solve it but when I, I've gotten to this place now where I'm like I, I'm not even gonna I don't care yeah, yeah. like I don't, I'm not even gonna put in that for how about you Simran I think that patterns of behavior thing really spoke out to me um I am very affected by uh people's like okay we talked about love languages before like actions so we can have a conversation and we can talk and say this isn't working but if you continue to do those <laughs> patterns of behavior that are not working adios we have a problem yeah yeah and, adios, and i amigos. think that's the thing that i get so like like inside my soul is so frustrated and so angry and i think the problem that i have is I need to do a lot more self-reflection and be like, okay, where is this coming from? Why is it there? What can you do about it? Exactly what your question was. Because you're right, you can't change other people. Mm -hmm. You can't change them. All you can change is yourself. All you have control over is your own reactions. So I need to, what I need to do is decide what my reaction is going to be. Am I going to stay frustrated for the rest of my life? Or am I just going to be like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to put up with that anymore though. You know what I mean? Because I think I just let it go for so long. And I've done this with one relationship in my life. And that went to crap. And then decided, okay, I'm not going to do that again. And now I'm seeing the same patterns manifest in other places. And it's not okay. And knowing that in itself is also another layer of frustration. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, like, really frustrated, you know? (laughs) I'm frustrated for you. Frustrated. (laughs) Yeah, and, and I think the other thing is that I have a problem with, and Godot knows this, Mom knows this, Parker probably knows this too, is that I I have this issue where I have these problems and I'll talk to other people and they'll console me and make me feel better and I'll be like, yeah, I need to do this, this, and this. And then I don't talk to the person or people that I have that problem with. Oh yeah, we I do know this. And then you... We all know it. We all nodded. Yeah, I, 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 you know, have my... I resolve my issues with other people even though the issue is with somebody else. And I don't... Mm-hmm. I don't because I find confrontation really hard. Yeah. It's yeah. really, really difficult. And and I think part of it is because, and I'll make excuses. This is me making excuses again. I'm like, you know, oh, I tried or I've done this and they don't, whatever, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting here like I'm the victim and that, you know, I've tried already, so what's going to happen? But then I'm also letting myself stay in it, you know? Mm-hmm. I need to take more responsibility for those things. Oh, God. There's a lot okay. that happen. Yeah. Um, so I think, the keys are the self-reflection because you're mm-hmm. getting layers of self-reflection yeah. and this layer of, you know, I, I talk with everyone else but not that person. It's because there's a belief in there. The reason why you can't talk to this person, there's something getting in the way. And once you can uncover that, then you can get to the yeah. next layer of understanding. And actually, this is what I do when I coach yeah, people. Mm-hmm. Get past the fear of it, right? Because yeah. There's no point in being afraid of something and then not doing it and then still being miserable. Like, what is that doing for you? Especially, especially if it's a close relationship. 
Um, and I must yeah. say, you know, I'm not very skillful. I feel I'm not very skillful sometimes with uh, letting people know what's really going on for me. So that's why I love concepts mm-hmm. like role f- fatigue. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, once I have a concept, I can kind of talk to a person and say, you know, blah, blah, blah. I feel like I'm holding this role. And you know what? I'm getting tired. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's not like I'm making mm-hmm. them wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying you are making me feel this way. I can just be really honest. I'm just tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be able mm-hmm. to do these other things. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. And and as a family, we used to do that in family meetings. I know as the kids yeah. grew older, at certain points in their lives, I had to renegotiate. It's like, I think when Simon was 14, maybe, I don't know, Simon, I was like, you guys do your own laundry. Yeah, you know, it was younger than that. You know, it was younger than that. But send our parents on these. You know, Portia Meat was only like nine because she's three years younger. She was, she was so upset. She goes, "Mom, it's not fair. You did laundry for Simon for three years extra." (laughs) And I remember looking at her, that little kid, and just. But but I remember telling her, "I'm so sorry, but that's just the way it's going to be." Because you know what? This was it. This was my new rule. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I taught them how to do laundry, and I put little notices up. Still up there on the laundry machine instructions on how to use the laundry machine and i legit still refer to it something we're gonna go look at it we're gonna go on a field trip after this it's like so it's such a sense of security like that faded piece of paper that's like taped to the the cupboard it's crazy so as the saying goes you can pick your burgers but you can't pick your families so what did we all come to terms with today? Families are crazy. Families are wild. Yes. Families are also loving, supportive units when they choose to be, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just want everyone to, I mean, I don't really have like any sort of like end point or anything about this because this is just a conversation about families. And, you know, because our families aren't really going to ever go away, um, the concept of families is never going to go away. A lot of these problems and issues and whatever we've talked about today isn't just going to magically go away mm-hmm. overnight. But I think, you know, just repeating what a lot of the things that we've already said in all the other eight podcast episodes and leading up to today's is, you know, having that courage, setting those boundaries in your families and being true to like what your needs are and understanding that, you know, it's okay to exist in a family, but you are also your own person. Mm -hmm. I mean, also like giving its emphasis. um, We are in a brown culture. We're in brown families. And sometimes that's not, you can't do that. That's not how we're wired. And it's not just brown people. I've actually talked to a lot of people who are in other ethnic communities um, sometimes we just have to do it because that's just how our culture is and our families are. So have the courage to sit down and foster better relationships with your families. Give your siblings a hug. I don't know. Tell your friends that they are your family so that they know they're loved. Yeah. And other than that, I just want to say that um, we're coming up at about 40 minutes and the entire time Auntie has had a glow on her face because she has absolutely loved this podcast episode <laughs> idea. And she might not have noticed, but I was just staring at her the whole time. You oh, were glowing. You I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. This was so fun. We all loved it. Yay. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, if this was your first time tuning into Kulke, thank you so much for listening. Um, we're so happy that you're trying to be a part of this Kulke family. Oh, my God. And if you have listened to all the other eight episodes, thank you so much for constantly supporting us. And we'll be back again soon with another episode. Bye.